up here when we talk about the Jack and Ida period at Mitchell Caverns, it's tough to separate fact from fiction. And a lot of that's due to the character of the desert itself, which kind of builds myths, right? Um, people love the stories, the epic American Western kind of experience. And Jack himself was a bit, to me at least, like P.T. Barnum crossed with Teddy Roosevelt. He had T.R.'s love of the outdoors, boundless energy, ability to tackle any problem. And he had P.T. Barnum's sense of showmanship and entertainment. You came up on a Jack's tours, you're probably getting educated a little bit, but you're also being entertained. There's part of the tour we still do that's in the spirit of Jack Mitchell. Jack had, uh, the end of one of his tours ended at what they called the bottomless pit. And it was a deep, dark hole. It was inky black. It would be at the end of your tour. So after squeezing and crawling through tiny openings, um, if you were one of the brave few to get to the end of the tour, Jack would light up a road flare. And you would peer into this dark void, which he called the bottomless pit. And there's no bottom in sight. I mean, you really can't see the end of it. And Jack would tell visitors something like, something like this, that, he'd been on a rope hanging in the abyss. And he wanted to see how deep it was, so he got a rope and he went down a thousand feet or a couple hundred feet. I'm sure the story changed. And while he was down there, he was throwing rocks. He couldn't find the bottom. He's just hanging in the abyss. The rocks he would throw in, he'd never hear them land. And finally, he threw a torch in or, or the road flare or something. And the hole is so deep, this bottomless pit, that it swallows the light. So it could maybe even go all the way to the center of the earth. And then on the tour, after Jack told the story, he would toss his road flare in, your only source of light. He just throws in the bottomless pit. And I'm sure visitors gasped, you know. This is a pretty exciting thing, and seemingly out of nowhere, he just throws away your only source of light when you're deep underground. Uh, and sure enough, true to Jack's story, the light would disappear. And then he'd light up another road flare or maybe he was using carbide, whatever he had for light, you'd go back. This was the end of your tour. The tour dead ends at the bottomless pit and then you just retrace your steps out of the cave. Well, when state parks took over from the Mitchells in the 1950s, they took hundreds of road flares out of the bottomless pit because it turns out the bottomless pit is 30 to 40 feet deep. And from there, the cave pinches off within 100 feet at that lower level. You know, with our modern LED spotlights, we've lit up the cave with 150 spotlights. I don't think Jack would even recognize it. Now we can see the bottom really easily. But when state parks took out the road flares that Jack had left in there, they noticed something. It looked like Jack had doctored the road flares. What Jack would do, apparently, was remove some of the burning agent from the road flares so that he could time when it was going to go out. And he could time his grand finale you know, bottomless pit swallowing the torchlight story. And he would toss it in, and usually it worked, and the torch went out. And of course, people behind him can't really see what's going on. Once in a while, we're told his trick didn't work. The road flares would keep burning, or they would light other road flares on fire. And of course, the visitors, his tour, can't see this. They can only see that the light is getting brighter instead of dimmer. And so Jack, I'm told, would make up, um, he'd have some funny excuses like, Oh no, it's a backdraft coming from the center of the earth. We gotta get out of here, folks. And I'm not sure many people even then believed him. Um, this was entertainment value. And regardless of whether people believed him, you know, the intent was 
to have visitors take that story home, tell their neighbors, tell their family, tell their friends, and those people want to come up and see it next time. He was very successful. I mean, he was he was doing stuff that that you consider, you know, something out of like stagecraft or theater. And it worked. I mean, it was a popular place. Jack Mitchell wrote for Desert Magazine. He had a lot of his own writings. He toured the country to state fairs and world's fairs and promoting the caves. He uh, spent a lot of time encouraging people to come up here. He was definitely the public face of the business. And he became such a legendary local figure that when he passed, there was so much interest that state parks acquired this desert property, which was very unusual at the time. The desert um, was not a popular place mid-century, 20th century. It was not something that most people wanted to go visit. State parks for a long time in that time period had been interested mostly in the coasts and redwoods and beaches and that Jack could command such public attention that state parks would go out and buy this very isolated property in the middle of the desert says something to how much of an impact he had. How popular this place was, was really due to Jack and Ida. I mean, the caves are amazing, but the personalities that would show you around the cave, I'm sure was half the fun.